0: count them ten, now you get to learn them all over again, you'll find out what happened when Moshe died, and now Yehoshua led the tribes, things aren't always what they seem when you're reading Say Fair Divarim. This week's Parsha is V'et Hanan, and to hear the story of V'et Hanan you can look back in the archives to last year's version of Ve'etchanan. It really is a story of the greatest hits of our tradition, as the Aseret HaDibrot are retold, and we learn the words of the Shema and the Ve'ahavta. But speaking of greatest hits, this week's Haftarah in Ve'etchanan comes from the book of Isaiah, the book of Yeshiyahu, where Isaiah prophesizes that yes, in fact, Jerusalem and the temple will one day be destroyed, but also that there is a side of God that will bring comfort to the people after this terrible destruction. And the opening words of this week's Haftarah are Nachamu, Nachamu ami, meaning my nation will verily be comforted. And these words were turned into an incredible song by a member of our community, Joel Sussman, who is one of the founders of the Jewish music group called Safam. And as a special treat for Parshat Hanan and Haftarat Nachamu, I thought that it would be interesting to hear from Joel himself about what inspired him to write the music and to write the song of Nachamu. So today we're going to take a break from our normal storytelling and instead hear a slightly different story, a much more modern story of how Joel Sussman and his bandmates in Safam wrote the iconic, wonderful song, Nachamu, based on this week's Haftarah from Yeshayahu. So I hope that you enjoy learning from Joel. And next week, we'll go back to our normal mode of storytelling for the Parshiot, Shabbat Shalom. I am speaking with someone who I would consider a friend, Joel Sussman, who amongst many other things is well known as one of the founders of the Jewish music group Safam. He's one of the singers and one of the writers and composers and arrangers of the music. Joel, is there any other way that you would want to be introduced? Uh, at
1: this uh, and a Zeta to eight kids. That's Zeta that's to it.
0: eight kids, uh, including some Schecter kids.
1: It's including some Schecter kids. Yeah.
0: A- and you're a, a Schechter alumni parent, right? Very much so. Yeah. There you go. So Joel is connected to us at Schecter. The reason, though, that you're here talking today, Joel, is because the Haftarah for this week's Parsha, Ve'edchanan, is a haftarah that i dare say you and your your friends and your bandmates in safam but really in many ways you took this haftarah for Ed ganan and made it one of the most iconic in modern jewish canon i wanted you, to you've the, been talking really, to my mother haven't you Exactly. Uh, Everybody's very proud of you, Joel. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, uh, what you've done for the Haftarah for Ve'et Hanan, which is often called Haftarat Nachmu, uh, is really significant uh, for modern lovers of Jewish music and also lovers of Jewish text. So I was hoping to ask you some questions about Haftarat Ve'et Hanan, Haftarat Nachmu, and Uh, take it from there. Is that okay with you?
1: Terrific. Look forward to it.
0: Great, great. So I think my first big question, Joel, is when you're sitting down to write a song for Safam and you choose this Haftarah from Yishahu, from Isaiah, how is it that you say, ah, this, this chapter, this section of Isaiah is going to be the section that i'm going to turn into a song how how do you get that inspiration how do you make that choice
1: great question that's a great question so this song actually probably evolved differently than most of the other songs i wrote for Safam. Okay. usually when i write a song for safam i'll have an idea of a topic beforehand that i want to that I want to write about or I'll have a musical idea that I play with, and then I figure out what, what type of lyric would be appropriate for that kind of music. So it's more of a, of a constructed process. Nakamu was totally different. Number one, it's one of the few songs I did where I stole the lyrics. Unfortunately, <laughs> Isaiah's copyright wore out, so he I didn't have to pay him for any of the lyrics. M- most of the songs that I've written have all been original lyrics. These I, were, I was able to uh, borrow. And it was also a song that I wrote without sitting at an instrument. I hmm. wrote the music in my head. We were living in Natick, Massachusetts, going to Temple Israel. It was a very hot summer. I was sitting in shul, and they got to this uh, this Parsha, and they started the Haftorah. And as often happens by the time the Torah reading is done, and they're starting the Haftorah, some congregants, I'm not saying all, but some congregants' minds tend to wander. Oh, so my yeah, mind I know tended that. to... Just kind of zoned out a little bit, and I hear this lyric, you know, Nachamu ami, nachamu ami. I say, you know, that that that's a great lyric. Mm. You know, it's got it's got a meter to it, and I think you know that would that would be a great lyric to a tune. So I'm sitting through this thing, and I'm reading, kind of glancing through the text, and it's talking about uh, Yerushalayim, and uh, you know, her guilt is being relieved, paid off, as they say in the in the haftorah and i said you know that's you know i had my background i lived in israel i jerusalem was my home away from home it it just spoke to me so I, I while i'm sitting there i kind of started thinking of a melody that was running around in my head and really quite literally by the end of the haftorah um, i pretty much had the song idea formalized in my head where it was going and I had to wait until Shabbos was over before I sat down at the piano and figured out how am I going to play this. But that basically the song, I don't know if every vocal part, background part, was written that way, but the basic song was written in my head during services. So That's... the lessons to all of your listeners are go to shul if you
0: want to if you want to get ideas for songs, go to shul. And zone out. Make sure and that... zone out. Be
1: sure yeah. you zone
0: out. That's awesome. I, if we could just do a little bit of a dive into the content, because I, I think that's an amazing story you just shared and speaks to a great talent that you have to be able to just write a song in your head like that, an original arrangement of a song. But this time of year, this is the Haftarah that always appears immediately after Tisha Bahav. It is the beginning of the seven Haftarot of Consolation that lead us up to Rosh Hashanah. And so these words, I mean, Isaiah is a very long book. Isaiah has many, many chapters, and there are many prophets. There are many nivim I wonder the content itself, you know, you spoke a little bit about Yerushalayim, but that idea of God being a comfort, what was it about that message that made you also say, this is a message that I want to highlight with my station as a songwriter?
1: Yeah, well, I think part of it, it comes out of having to have just gone through Tisha mm. And, uh, you know, which is a difficult process to go through physically and, and mentally. Um, and then you come to shul, then there's Shabbos. Shabbos always is is kind of a relief from the from the trials and tribulations of the week, and sitting there hearing about God giving comfort, finding forgiveness, Jerusalem, all all of those general themes. It it just seemed to it spoke to me in terms of the backside of Tisha B'av, that mm. that something came out of Tisha B'av it's not it wasn't an end.
0: I know that feeling, and when I Personally, come out of Tisha B'Av, I usually go to your song. It comes to my head. Already during Tisha B'Av in the Mincha prayer service, they start to ask God for Nechama, for comfort. And so it's very much there in the liturgy. As a songwriter, as a musician extraordinaire, what was it about the way that you wrote that song? Why is it so? impactful well Nachamu
1: begins in a minor key mm. uh, and a minor key is um i think ha- has more of an emotional uh, pull on you uh and a minor key is something i would associate more with eicha and mm. coming through through tishabav but the chorus changes to a major key which is kind of that 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 change of comfort and hope and and moving forward so and i think the the, the shifting between the, going from the minor key to the major key Um, it gives you that kind of that emotional uh, release when listening to this to to this tune and it also lends itself to putting in great choral harmony parts to it Uh, and it's one of the songs it's it's probably been recorded by more people than any other song we've done Uh, I, I once in a while I look on YouTube and I type it in and there are literally dozens and dozens of youtubes mostly uh college a cappella groups is what right. typically who do it none of them pay royalties by the way
0: yeah though. i know yeah um <laughs> to so, isaiah you
1: mean don't they to o- isaiah I- to <laughs> isaiah he hasn't gotten a dime so i i think that's um that's been the attraction i think uh by people who listen to that i think it sort of takes them through a a musical journey
0: yeah you know I, the, that that Makes so much sense to me uh, from the little bit I know about music, but I definitely feel that journey. And I think that Nahamu and Tisha and life are all about these dualities of things are not always good, but we need comfort. Our relationship to God isn't always full, but it's always there. And this idea that a song can weave between minor and major in the way that you that you've accomplished. That makes good sense to me uh, on an intellectual level at least and on an emotional level as well. So, Joel, one one last question before I let you go is just your reflections on this legacy. So you know that it's made a big impact. You've seen them on YouTube. You the fact that I've asked you about this, you know that it made a big deal. How does that make you feel as a person who has elevated words of Tanakh? (laughs) words of our tradition in this very powerful way.
1: But I think during during the peak years of Safam in the 70s, 80s, and, and 90s, just everybody in the Jewish community that we would ever run into, they knew about Safam, they knew a lot of our music, they knew most of the guys in the band, I'd be recognized. And, you know, you get used to it, and it's not a big deal, but it's something that's always there. As you age out, that happens less and less, and quite often you run into into people that are um that are uh younger, considerably younger, who may not even know about Safam or it's a, you know, I think my grandparents listened to something called Safam. Not quite sure. But when they hear Nachamu, it's generally a song they recognized. Mm. um, because there's still college groups that are doing it. And it's sort of uh, the one song that we did that kind of keeps our name alive into the next generation.
0: Nice, nice. And for good reason, you took amazing lyrics, put them to an extraordinary arrangement and captured uh, an emotional reality that is so poignant during this time of year. But I think all the time. So I want to say on behalf of the Jewish people, if I'm allowed, all of
1: them, you're speaking uh, for all of them them now,
0: speaking on behalf of every single Jew uh, in the world. I want to say thank you for your contribution. It really means a lot to me personally, but I think it means a lot to a lot of us. Thank,
1: so you, thank you so much, Rabid. I appreciate that.
0: Is it okay if we uh, show share Nahamu as part of this podcast now, Joel? Sure.